0: What the you are listening
1: to One! Ready to truck it. I'm Dooner here with Michael Vincent, the dude. What's up, man? Oh, man, I am ready to truck it in this beautiful summer day here, brother. How are you doing? It's so main event card we've got today on this industry's
2: number one podcast and TV show. We're going to get into it real quick. You excited?
1: I am very excited, man. It's like a variety show today, man.
2: It is, yeah. On today's episode, we're talking to NASA Jacobs about the logistics behind staging rockets at Artemis 1. Yeah. Get the witty farmer. Jenny Sauer Schmigdel. She shares how she's built a brand out of the ag industry, and we pick her brain on the logistics of farming. We've got TikToker Kyla Scanlan. she's going to tell us a story around her viral TikTok video, mixed supply chain. Uh, local guy, 101 Mobility's Preston Holland, he's coming over uh, right over here in Chattanooga. But Very we're going to cool. start things off with Carrier HQ's Lauren Meyer. Before we get there, we got to tip the band, though. So this episode is brought to you by Legend Transportation, which has been establishing partnerships through outstanding customer service since 2007. Learn more at Tell Them Dude. Hey,
1: go to newlegendinc.com right after the show.
2: Now, let's bring up Lauren Meer. She's Director of Customer Success at Carry HQ. Let's start this weekend off well with uh, some good stories, right? Doing the right thing by people.
3: Exactly. How's Thank it going? Thank you so much for having
2: me. Yeah, we're Thank excited so to have you on having- here. You are a, you are a uh, you're a, what's it called? You're a uh, Butler University bulldog as well. I think the That's first right. we've had over here from Butler we University. We have not had
1: anybody else from Butler. You're first.
2: Hey, tell us a little bit about your role over there. Tell us a little bit about your role over there at Carry HQ.
3: Perfect. So as the director of client success, I have the opportunity to work with a majority of our carriers from all across the country, whether they're based in our home state of Indiana or all the way to California or Florida, um, that's where I come into play. So Carrier HQ has designed an on-the-go portal of competitive and flexible services for new and existing fleets, all with the goal of making it easier for them to manage their business. Our online portal provides one convenient place to get their insurance with low or no money-down options, as well as factoring, ELDs, and more. My role, like I said, is all about helping carriers leverage our offerings to manage their business as efficiently as possible. So that whole process is done online, and a majority of the time, carriers don't even need our assistance, um, especially when it comes to insurance. They'll just go to CarrierHQ.com, sign up can receive a quote in minutes after providing information such as their DOT, uh, VIN, CDLs. And then after that's complete, carriers receive their quote inside the portal. But uh, we if they have any questions, we also have an entire client success team that is here to help.
1: Awesome stuff. So, Lauren, you know, we talked to a lot of uh, fleet owners here on, on What the Truck, and they tell us that finding insurance as a newer, smaller fleet can be difficult at times. I mean, the expense and the competitiveness of it. Tell us a little bit more about and HQ and how it, what it has to offer for them.
3: Right, sure. So we have partnered with Aon, who's a giant in the insurance space, to develop an action-based motor carrier insurance program. So the program is called the Small Fleet Advantage because it was designed specifically for fleets with 1 to 20 trucks. So, as I mentioned, the program is for new and existing fleets, so I know there are no restrictions regarding the age of the fleet, which is generally a hurdle that some carriers have to find a way around. All of our coding and binding is done online. Uh, We know that time is money, so the more time that we can save these drivers, the better. We're also one of the only ones to offer in-term adjustments based on driving data from their ELDs. So, with Safe Driving... They can see their rates decrease up to 30% each month. Um, so we're really allowing those carriers to be in the driver's seat and take control of their own rates. Wow.
2: Well, it sounds- addition- oh, okay. Go ahead. Well, it sounds like you've really nailed the offering with uh, the great insurance product here for those smaller 1 to 20 truck fleets. Tell us a little bit more about the customers, though.
3: Yeah, I'd love to. So we have so many customers with diverse backgrounds. Um, one of our very first customers, Cynthia, based out of uh, Memphis, actually, she not only runs her own successful authority, but manages her, manages her own restaurant, too. So really cool. Um, she initially started off doing hotshot routes until she saved enough to um, start her own two-truck fleet. Her drivers had a couple of years of experience, but was really shocked when she saw her insurance rates starting to surge. So, after coming across Carrier HQ, she went online and was able to get a competitive quote and bind right away. It was also really great for her because our program doesn't have any experience experience requirements for her drivers. So, since becoming a customer of ours, she had seen her monthly insurance rates continue to decrease and really loves that she has the resources to see the drivers safe driving in real time. She'll also, along with that, receives actionable insights on how her fleet is doing, if any changes need to be made. So in this case, her drivers know that their safe driving contributes to the success of the company by lowering the costs of running their business. Um, It's really a win-win for all, and we're excited to give her an advantage that she never had before.
1: That's really fantastic. It's always great to hear those kind of real-life stories, you know, that, Dooner and from fleet owners who have found success in the industry, right? Have have any of your other customers been taking advantage of the safe driving incentives that uh, Small Fleet Advantage Program offers them?
3: Yeah, it's really great to see how many uh, customers take advantage of that. One of our other customers, George, who's based out of California, um, he's never been busier than before actually growing his fleet. So, one factor that has really helped um, his growth and profitability is that he's been able to lower those insurance rates by paying close attention to the program's ELD-based driving reports so that he has everything that he can do to lower those rates month after month. Um, In his case, actually, he's had so much success with his own fleet that he's starting his own consulting business. Um, So, he's trying to pass that knowledge and expertise on to other small fleet owner-operators, Um, And he's a huge advocate for Carrier HQ. So we're always excited to see those types of successes coming from our customers.
2: Wow. So Lauren, what should people do to get in touch with you and Carrier HQ?
3: Right. So the first step uh, for new and existing fleet owners of one to 20 trucks is to go to Carrier HQ's website, www.carrierhq.com, and sign up through our portal. There, again, you'll be able to quickly and easily get an insurance quote, submit a factoring application, and see what else we have to offer. And why the portal is super simple, um, you can always give us a call at 866-971-5464 and speak with someone on our client success team. We're always here to help.
2: Well, hey, have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank you. I really appreciate your time.
2: Hey, man, time to head down on the farm. I'm really oh, excited yeah. about this one. So we got the Witty Farmer coming on. The owner of the Witty Farmer, it's Jenny Sauer Schmidgel. Hope I got that right, Jenny. Did I?
4: Pretty close. Pretty, yeah.
2: pretty close. <laughs> I, I tried my best. Now, it's
4: a I, lot of consonants. So the,
2: <laughs> There's a few there. There's a hyphen, you know, like in sync. It makes it difficult. Um, but tell me a little it's
4: bit. super German. Because I started selling at
1: like Yeah, that's years. as that's as German as it gets, man. It's like sauerkraut. And yeah. it, I mean, it's so fair. wait, you're so you're like a third, fourth
2: generation farmer. Did your family start farming in Germany?
4: Uh, yes, that was way back. Then. But uh, <laughs> uh, I can't really give you too much about my ancestors with farming in Germany. But I was a priest in the family. I can tell you wow. that. Oh uh, so. I am fourth, so my great-grandfather, he started a John Deere dealership in Rigston, Illinois, and it's still here. We don't operate it, because Dad was like, uh, no, I'm going to farm. I don't want to do customer service.
2: Well, Jenny, I know you from Twitter. You put great posts up there. You've got great branding. That's how I heard about the Witty Farmer, all this stuff, but... One of your big contentions out there is you're like, you, you hate on Instagram farmers because that's not you, right? You actually get your hands dirty. You drive the equipment. You, uh, you know how to, you know, move a rake. Uh,
4: yeah, I know actually how to do maintenance. I don't uh, take it to the dealer and say, hey, I don't know how to change the oil. So that kind of stuff, I'm like, you know, um, I can't do this. My hair goes up in a ponytail and under my hat and my hands don't usually look white by the other day. So yeah, it's uh there's a lot of feedback. So I'm not sure. Can you hear me okay?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, no, we got okay, you. We right, got, I got
4: you. A lot of feedback line, but, Anywho, so females that say they're farmers. They wear their hair down. They wear earrings and rings and tight shirts and show cleavage. Uh, your dad, husband, or boyfriend are doing the work because you can't do work <laughs> trying to look pretty.
1: Calling so, them out, Dooner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's calling them out. Let's talk about your, shoot, your shirt there, though. GMO or GM overrated? What are we talking about? Which way? GMO. <laughs>
4: well, this can go either way. So I guess, is that binary? Is that the new trend now? I have no idea what that is. Um, So you could be against or for. We actually grow GMO and non-GMO, so it's whatever you want it to be. (laughs) But this is, I trademarked this. So this is my little saying, and it upset uh, some people that said they had it first. I'm like, well, you had the chance too, so...
2: Well, are GMOs, like, unfairly decreed? I don't know a ton about the the ag space, but, yeah, I mean, you hear all, like, the, the media, I mean, maybe it's propaganda, always saying, like, GMOs are bad for you, you know, go with organic. What, what's the story?
4: Well, it is really just for marketing. Oh. So, um, for instance, like, Triscuit, they were kind of the first ones that started really putting non-GMO on their packaging. Basically say, oh, this is so much safer. Well, there isn't a GMO wheat that is commercially available yet. they are working on it. So, yeah, you're non-GMO because there isn't a GMO. But it's just, it's like a hybrid. You're just kind of manipulating the genetics so they, they grow more efficiently. Um, you have a sale of corn. You have a bigger kernel. I'm um, trying to think kind of in easy terms is that it's just taking a small red tomato and making a nice, big, red, juicy one. Because when you go to the store, what are you going to buy? You're going to buy a really red, pretty, looks like a tasty one. That's the most simplest way, I guess, of putting it. But um, it makes farming more efficient. I think we're like 2% of the population, and we're feeding millions of people. So GMO actually helps to produce more and make it more efficient. It doesn't give you cancer.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Jenny, it's 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 more than just making it redder and juicier and and a little bit bigger to make it more appealing. Right. It it actually does help us feed many people that would not be fed if we didn't have the GMO. Right. I mean, it's it's out of an agrarian. As long as
2: we've been in agrarian society, Michael, we've been we've been modifying genetics to have bigger crop yields. I mean, that's that's gone along with the territory. What goes on at your farm? I know
4: we have started all this. Jenny, we have a couple make hybrids. Flowers, vegetables, and everything else to have the most um, appealing and profitable um, attributes. So yeah, this has been going on for years.
2: <laughs> Jenny, we have a video or two of you at work. Tell us what you do down on the farm over there. What are, what are you growing on the on the farm, and uh, what what role do you play in this?
4: Well, um, that is being a BTO, so that is playing sweet corn. And I started doing sweet corn a couple of years ago, and I do it to sell. And so we've gradually made this little plot a little bit bigger. So um, it's my dad and me, and my husband helps. He doesn't get paid. No, that's what you have to do. And um, my dad has a friend from high school that will help us during planting harvest season and in many uh, facial expressions. And uh, we do corn, soybeans. Those are the big crops. Sweet corn and pumpkins. Those come after. And black Angus cattle.
1: Very nice. Really so yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so you you earned your uh, SAG card right in record time. Uh, your, your union, <laughs> I guess your actress union, right? So, uh, and <laughs> so, uh, can you can you? You're pretty proud of this as well. Can you tell us about that experience?
4: Well, um, I had no acting experience at all. I was 27, I believe, when I was like, hey, I'm just going to try it. And um, I actually worked. So I did perform sexual favors to get to the car to live quicker, which is very unfortunate that um, a lot of females will do that. And um, I made friends with the crew. Because those are my kind of people. They actually work. And um, it took uh, three months. Yeah, so I was a must join. It was uh, Hangover 2. So I had to, if I wanted to be in it, I had to pay in. So I was like, okay. Yeah.
2: Wow. Well, you're not just an actress and an author, you're also a musician. I think we have uh, one of your songs here. We do a little play it forward <laughs> segment on here. Let's let's see what song we got. Poop, poop,
4: poop. poop, 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 Boop, 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 boop. Wonderful.
2: Time. How long have you been working on that
1: one?
4: Oh, I think maybe in like two months.
1: <laughs> so it's very was complicated. That, was that inspired by the fertilization process you were going through in there on a the farmer?
4: It was inspired by my two German shepherds. <laughs> <Our> <laughs> ex- Nothing to do with the farm. Yes. So pick up poop. You gotta make it sign. I make songs.
2: What is the dating life on the farm? Because you all—you're also published a book called "Snickering Out Loud." What was what was that about? Do You have any good stories from that one?
4: You know what's funny? I was actually asked this last week. When I was in LA, um, so that's funny. This comes up again. Um, I've lived in many different cities, and I had a lot of first dates. And to keep track of the first dates, they all got nicknames, and. There were a couple kind of serious stories, but I like to make them a little humorous because it's a lot easier to do that way. And I enjoy making fun of them. So, um, one, his nickname was, is Magina. He is a magician and very sensitive. Okay. That was one of them. Another one was oily taters. His skin looked like an oily potato. So.
2: Oh wow! Michael Vincent loves the Tots.
1: (laughs) I do love Tots. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I do love Tots. And
2: tell us about the store too. You got some great shirts on there. You got some great sayings. It says if you don't like farms, you know you're gonna. If you don't like something about like you'll be naked. You won't have a beer to eat. You'll be starving, right?
1: Yeah, without farmers. Without farmers. Yeah, close. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't have a
4: beer. Um, my stuff is very simple. I don't like a really huge print and ostentatious. Just very straightforward. And I enjoy sarcasm. I'm very fluent in that language. And that's kind of what the shirts are. And um, all the sayings are made up by me or my husband. And we just have fun with it. So it's really funny that people enjoy them. Because we think we're funny to ourselves. So when somebody else thinks it is, it's like, hey, that's really nice. So... And a portion of sales are now being donated to my local American Legion.
2: Oh, nice. Hey, nice. I love it. You're like a Very character nice. in a Wes Anderson film in a good way. I, I think it's great. So <laughs> people, <I have> <laughs> people who, people who want to learn more and they want to check out, like, The Witty Farmer, where do I send them to?
4: Uh, Thewittyfarmer.com. Well, wow. so, pretty
2: simple. Hey, before we let you go, what's in season right now? What, what's growing out in the field? Is it all that corn?
4: Uh, sweet corn. So that just started to emerge. So uh, pumpkins, maybe they got washed away last night. I don't know. We have had it crap in our rain. So wow. that's, that's what's going on right now.
2: All right. Well, Lucy, I'll let you get back to the great pumpkin patch. Uh, and <laughs> Charlie Brown, uh, thank you so much for joining <laughs> okay. us on What the Truck today. We appreciate it.
4: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Take care.
2: Good stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Stuff, we, don't, we don't get down on the farm enough. No, we don't. We need, to, we need to touch base with them because they are the salt of the hey, earth.
2: Hey, no, we haven't done enough either. Had enough people in here from Chattanooga. So That's
1: good right. Thing we're
2: fixing that right this second with Preston Holland. He's a BDM over at 101 Mobility. and He's going to teach us a lesson in keeping that mobility supply chain moving. Preston Holland, thank you for coming in the studio. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. How was uh, the walk over here? It's a beautiful day out here in oh, Chattanooga. Oh, it
5: is a beautiful day in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Just a little bit cloudy, about 83 degrees. So there's your weather
1: update. Excellent. We got a new Nick Austin.
2: We got a new oh, yeah. Austin. <laughs> this is audition, Nick. <laughs> All right.
1: Can so you t- make it rain tomorrow, my Just for like an hour on my lawn. <laughs>
2: so Preston, what is one on one mobility, though? So for people who may not be familiar.
5: Yeah. So we provide home access solutions for people with disabilities. So that's going to be anything from stair lifts, ramps, home elevators, um, and really what we're trying to do is keep people in their home. Uh, people with disabilities. So. Uh, We're a home services business, so it's uh, probably, you know, similar to like an electrician or an HVAC. Uh, We dispatch and uh, have kind of a central office uh, in a couple of different regions. Uh, We're a franchise business, so we have offices all over the country. And so um, our group runs the entire state of Georgia and East Tennessee. Um, So, yeah, yeah, that's a little bit about what we do.
1: Yeah, so part of your job is is coordinating uh, these different projects that are going on. Can you talk a little bit about that process there? I mean, is it you send one guy in there and they just give them this mobility chair and that's it, right? They just walk out, piece of cake.
5: Yeah, so it's it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, so we're we're usually in the home anywhere from about two hours is our our minimum, um, and maybe our more high end products take about two weeks to install. So it's going to be a really wide range. Um, what we've done is we kind of have some SOPs. Uh, where we have time frames that we kind of expect for our employees to be able to install a piece of equipment. So maybe they're in and out in two hours, two and a half hours. Um, And then we're trying to dispatch them in a way uh, that makes the most economical sense from, you know, a fuel perspective or from a time perspective, trying to save overtime if we can. Um, So, you know, our guys usually work in eight to ten hour days, um, four to five days a week. And uh, sometimes, right now we're working Saturdays because we are uh, incredibly busy.
2: Oh wow, wow! Well, you've um, you've established yourself as an expert here. So, really quick, I need to roll a a clip here from Gremlins, (laughs) and you can tell me if this is realistic and if this could ever happen in the mobility space. Roll the tape. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think that's actually I think that's actually one of their units. Is it? I, I know, so that's, one, that's
2: one long staircase, like, <laughs> it's, it's a long time to get to the second floor, <laughs> even though it's going that fast. Preston, break down the scene for us. What were we seeing there?
5: Yeah, <laughs> so the number one question that we get from people is can you speed this thing up? Um, n- the answer is no. Uh, it runs off tw- 24 twenty-four-volt circuit and there's a national regulation to how fast they can go. But could you speed it up and get in and and uh, tweak the circuit right there i bet that you could uh you know i'm not necessarily that technical but i've got some guys that i'm sure are, are technical enough to be <laughs> able to wow we're well, gonna
1: have to get them out here and do a test aren't we the top, how what's the speed regulated
2: to
5: so 18 foot per minute is as fast as it can go either up or down uh that's set by the national elevator code so so it's interesting uh like a stair lift for instance like in that video is actually governed by the national elevator code um, and so ASME 18.1 is a regulation uh, that we have to follow and the manufacturers uh,
2: make it to those specs. Is there like an aftermarket for this, like supercharging these, these chairs? Are the racers?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, they, they, they <laughs> that's unbelievable. You're racing. Yeah, you mentioned,
2: you're, to... He's mentioned he's worked really hard, right? You're, you're working around the clock. You're yeah. working on weekends on this thing. So we've been talking a lot about inventory to sales ratios. What's going on with your stock right now? You having any supply side issues? How's that space?
5: Yeah, so it was really interesting. In 2020, we had a, a breakout year. We really gr- we grew probably 40% in 2020 compared to 2019. A lot of people realized that you know moving their parents or grandparents into an assisted living wasn't necessarily the right option for them. Um, so we grew a lot during 2020, and our main suppliers did a really good job of keeping up with their supply chain during 2020. And our supply chain actually didn't break until earlier this year. Um, that's really when we started feeling the impacts, and I think because we're pretty downline. When you look from a from a supply chain standpoint, you know we are the end user, uh, the manufacturers stock parts. They um, in February 2020, we talked to one of our main suppliers because we were concerned, and we asked, you know, what what's kind of your runway? I mean, they said that they had between eight and 12 months of runway on supply chain. Well, that has since run up, and so we are seeing shortages across the industry. Lead times going from three to five days being shipped out to two to six weeks. I mean, one manufacturer is even 12 to 16 weeks out, uh, just kind of depending on the product. So uh, we're probably 50 percent American made and 50 percent foreign manufactured. So those foreign manufacturers are really getting hit bad with, uh, you know, having to try and send stuff over uh, uh, on, on ships and things like that.
1: Yeah, it's a solid point that people, you know, we have people got a lot of uh, uh, extra cash to spend, right? And then the point of keeping them home, uh, elderly at home instead of into uh, assisted living, that type of stuff. Are you seeing that continue past now that we're kind of getting into a post-pandemic type of thing?
5: Yeah, we are. So uh, when you look at, you know, assisted living versus staying in your home, one of our products probably costs the equivalent of one to three months in an assisted living facility. Um, So even if that extends your runway by three to six months, um, it's already paid for itself. And it's, Mm. you know, maybe equal to maybe a little bit better quality of life because you are staying in your own home. Right. It's you've got all of your stuff there. And so uh, we have been seeing now that people saw how quickly everything changed um, during 2020. We really have seen that. Uh, people are really opting to try and keep their family members either with them in their homes or keep mom and dad in the home that they're in.
1: Excellent. So, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you know well, this. I, actually, that. I
2: want to say one thing oh, here. Like, I, And you talk about mobility and you, all, you think of seniors, but, I, you know, when I was 27, I shattered my ankle and I was living in a three-decker in uh, Dorchester. And three-deckers are like, you know, I was on the third floor. So it's a walk-up, the whole thing and incredibly painful, right? I mean, um, so what is the market? Is it, is it mostly seniors, though, or are you giving it to, to people who are maybe physically handicapped? How does that all work?
5: Yeah, so we're about 70% seniors, uh, about 30% what we would consider, like, other demographics. So that's going to be either someone with, a, uh, like, a degenerative disease, so multiple sclerosis or ALS or uh, muscular dystrophy or things like that. So, um, sometimes those are late, you know, later onset. So between 30 and 50, uh, and then we even have a lot of clients that are going to be, you know, um, really when you start hitting like 13 or 14, when you're hev- too heavy to be able to be picked up by mom and dad, uh, we have some products that, that allow for safe transfer, but we're about 70% senior. So we are riding that silver tsunami.
1: And yeah, so how do you handle uh, installations and things in, in more rural areas, right, getting out to the r- more rural uh, locations here in, uh, in, in Tennessee?
5: Yeah, so like I said, we cover all of East Tennessee, so that's going to be Chattanooga, Knoxville, Johnson City, and everything in between. And so what, what we've done is we've strategically placed technicians um, in those different locations to try and create like a web effect um, to be able to service those. So we try and keep a technician between 30 minutes and an hour from any of our customers. And really that lets us get that timing down, right? So I mentioned earlier on during the segment that we try and keep about two hours in and out, maybe two and a half hours, three hours. Um, and so with maybe 30 minutes of drive time, that keeps us within that eight hours. So we try and strategically place people in order to be able to reach those rural areas. Uh, but sometimes it gets interesting. I mean, uh, we have some customers in Gatlinburg that if it's raining, we can't get up their driveways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that definitely creates an interesting challenge.
2: You know, we have the Festival of Freight F3 coming here to Chattanooga. We're going to bring the entire logistics industry here. What are the three best places, since all these new people are coming to town, how do we turn them on to Chattanooga? How do we tell them this is the best place on earth? What are three places they should go to, Preston?
5: All right. So for happy hour and for oysters, you need to go to Stir. it's in the south side. There's a lot of other cool places around Sturr, but it's one of my favorites. Uh, another one, if you want to check out a really cool rooftop bar, is the Westin Hotel. It's going to get you on the other side of the city. It's going to get you maybe a little bit different scenery uh, for what you're used to. Uh, it's a really cool spot. And then you got to check out the aquarium. I mean, when it comes to, when it comes to aquariums, I think that uh, the, the aquarium in Chattanooga is a really cool. And my wife and I like to go there. I actually got engaged uh, up there. It was in November up in the Butterfly Towers, the only green spot I could find in the entire southeast because it stays green year round. So I wanted uh, some, some greenery and a November uh, engagement. So definitely check out the
2: aquarium. You weren't you weren't afraid the wrong butterfly would you know fly off with your uh, your engagement ring? <laughs> He'd come over and just land on you.
5: You know it's like a swallow carrying a coconut. I'm not sure that the mass to, uh, to body ratio works out right there. Is it
1: an African
5: or a European
2: swallow? <laughs> well, I'm sure, the guys. at NASA coming up next will be able to figure this one out. How to make a, a butterfly carrying engagement ring? They, they're always doing the impossible, Preston. Thank you for stopping by the studio today. How do people learn more about one on one mobility and maybe connect with you?
5: Yeah, thanks for having me out. I appreciate it. So you can. Check 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 out our website, the number is 101mobility.com. And if you want to connect with me, LinkedIn, Preston Holland, or on Twitter, Preston Holland, and the
2: number 6. Nice. Hey, Preston, one more time, thank you. Have a great weekend, buddy.
5: Awesome. Thanks, guys.
1: Thanks, Tony.
2: And if you guys want to come to F3, go to live.freightwaves.com. Use promo code WTT. Click on F3. You'll save yourself $200, and you'll be at the biggest event of the year. Maybe the biggest event that will ever happen, because we won't let it not be. That's not even a dare. That's a promise. Again, we'd like to thank our friends at Legend Transportation for sponsoring today's episode. Legend partners with strategic customers while providing seamless solutions for its drivers. And is West Regional's premier freight transportation company.
1: Learn more at tell them, Dude. Hey, go to NewLegendInc.com immediately after the show.
2: Yep, it's now another monthly NASA sode here on What the Truck. Woop, boom, boom. Super excited for this one. Last month we talked about how we barged this big Artemis Warren yeah. rocket. If you missed that episode, go and yeah. check it out. This is a continuation of that story. We've got guest Tony uh, Sabatino, he's a lead crane operator. And we got Ray Zink, manager of space flight technical operations. They're both over at Jacobs. There you go. You guys look fantastic. How you doing? Good, man. How about yourself? We're doing we're doing really well, man. So, Ray, let's start with you um, because I really like your quote here. You said, "I enjoy helping others, seeing a team of folks come together and helping them accomplish a task they didn't think they could." Keeps me going each day. So, just introduce yourself to our audience and uh, tell us why you, why that is one of your standout quotes.
6: Well, hey, yeah, nice to meet y'all. Thanks for having us on here today. And uh, well, that quote kind of comes from the, the the simple concept that out here, you know, putting rockets together is a big deal uh, we have a lot of equipment we have a lot of cool toys and uh, stuff but it really boils down to the people We really can't do anything without people so we have uh, teams that work together and really almost we work so many hours they're almost like family yeah that we uh, we tend to to realize that's really the core of how we get this rocket put together and and get out there you know we're going to go to the moon we're going to go to Mars and and it's done by by equipment it's done by cool things that people have created but it's really done by people working together so
1: yeah excellent it's hey, it's welcome gentlemen exciting to have you guys on here so tony how about yourself there i understand that you're about to uh you're you're going into your sunset or second sunrise i think you probably would prefer to uh think of it here in the next month or so
7: yeah you could almost put it anyway but yeah i'm getting ready to retire probably another week yeah so um i've been out here 39 years it's been been way cool i mean you know what more could you ask for i i sit you know almost 500 feet in the air operating cranes um cool cool cranes <laughs> that lift cool stuff so it's it's been a great ride man
2: now in in our space you know the the cranes we typically see construction cranes gantry cranes over at shipping ports things like that what is he what's a nasa train a crane technician do it and what's very unique about the position
7: okay so they're bridge cranes they're basically in the ceiling kind of like on railroad tracks. They run north, south, east, west, and they hoist up and down. There's two guys in the cab. Um, and we lift rockets. I mean, we've been doing it for, you know, <laughs> back, I remember when it was shuttle time, you know, and now we're, we're doing uh, Artemis, which is, you know, up and coming, which is really cool. But the cranes are, they're just amazing. I mean, you know, you can move it, you can split one 128th of an inch in half. That's how minute of a movement you can make with it amazing cranes that is you can actually you can can actually take take the time to take maybe three minutes to make a move you know what i mean it's just just by setting it in the crane it's just an amazing crane
1: Yeah, I was gonna say to to move that type of stuff around, right? It's not like a normal crane where you you ruin something while there's a hundred thousand more of them there. It may be a big deal, maybe some money, but there's this. They have to go build a whole new rocket. Yeah, right. If you screw something up here, so yeah. We're not allowed
7: to screw up
1: (laughs) Yeah. So what? What is the preparation like? Is it? Is it? Is it it safety, 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 or or skill? Which one is? Which one is the more? Or just both? You've got to be like this intense crane
7: operator, right? Yeah, it's it's definitely both. I mean. We have a pretty big training uh, regimen that we do. And, you know, there's probably a group of about a half a dozen of us that do that. Kind of the old guys, you know, like we are.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
7: But uh, a lot of new people coming in, you know, in their 20s and 30s that we're training. And, and it takes, you know, a couple of years literally to train somebody. And it takes a group of guys yeah. to actually operate the crane. It's, you know, a, a five to six man crew just to run it.
6: Let's talk What's about neat, though, the, the transition we've had over the century, uh, uh, the years and yeah. decades. So, you know, you all know about the Apollo program, right? Yeah. So we had we had, we had teams of people uh, and crane operators and, and technicians working on Apollo. Right. And then, of course, they passed that baton over to you sure. know, folks like me and Tony came along and shuttle. And so they said, OK, here's how you do it. They trained us. They showed us what works and what doesn't work. Right. And so now, many years later, the shuttle guys were we're passing that baton over to a whole new generation that are working on the Artemis program. Nice. And what's neat is the training keeps passing on and our experience keeps passing on, but technology changes. Yeah. So every generation comes along, we're like, hey, here's how you want to do it. But they come along and go away, but there's a new, new technology to help us with that. So it's kind of neat to watch the, the whole process evolve along yeah. the, the lines of passing on knowledge, but also embracing the new technology.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I can't imagine there's a ton of turnover at NASA. It's such a specialized and dream job and going to space, if that's really what you want to do and are passionate about. And most of the NASA yeah. people that we've had on the show and I've spoken to are deeply passionate about space and yeah. technology and advancing humanity. Where do you go from there? You're at the, Maybe you go to a place like Jacobs. You're at the top. But uh, tell yeah. me a little bit. Yeah. So, Ray, last month we talked about barging that rocket in, right? Bring it into the VAB, which I think stands you guys love acronyms. I think that stands for Vehicle Assembly yeah. Building. And then. Uh, and yeah. it's up to your team to stage it. So what goes into the planning? You know this rocket's coming. What? Uh, what? Do you, what's your team do?
6: So uh, the good news there is uh, we were fortunate enough to amass uh, NASA build as a, a, a mock-up that's basically a big steel structure that was very similar to the weight, size, and dimensions of the actual core stage for Artemis. And by receiving that mock-up a couple years ago, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my technicians were working with Tony's team. We were able to basically simulate and actually go through an actual lift. So from the barge, you know, we transport it over to the VAB, and then we actually hook up the crane to it and then rotate it from the horizontal to vertical position and then lift it up inside the VAB over to the high bay where it's going to be processed with the boosters. So what the team does is uh, the technicians you just referenced is, is all aspects of that, whether it's the ground systems or the fly systems or the interfacing with the crane, yeah. our technicians do all that work. But uh, they train, in this case, an Artemis on a, a mocked-up steel unit uh, prior to the arrival of the actual Artemis rocket. That's why when it got here, as you mentioned recently, we were pretty successful in getting it now. It's inside the Vehicle Assembly Building in High Bay 3 being ready to process right now.
1: Wow, gentlemen, as you're talking about this, we're watching a, we're watching a time-lapse uh, video of, of this thing being done, and you're talking about exactly what that is. How long does yeah. this actual, the actual execution happen? Let's talk about the actual execution of it. I think it's really interesting that you yeah. actually use a physical mock-up of it in practice, in reality, right? The simulation isn't simulated. Right.
6: No. <laughs> right? It's not virtual. Well, talk about the actual yeah. execution. Well, time-lapse can be interesting to look at. I, and I don't see the video you see, but I will explain that this uh, there's a lot of operations that go on uh, in between some of what we call our, our major moves, right? So so the barge may show up on a, on a certain day, um, but then we have a lot of uh, preps we have to do to reconfigure some of the ground systems and move that over. Uh-huh. And so another it only takes us a day to move it over. But like you see in the video now, um, the the actual lifts only the better part of a day, a couple of shifts, but in between that we have a lot of operations to do the prep work and to get ready and deconfigure the ground to it, yeah.
7: You know, when it's on the ground and it was yeah. laying horizontal, so it took so, so, two so days Tony, look to it up.
6: Yeah. yeah, so Tony, Tony could probably yeah. talk right now. This yeah. operation is
7: his. Yeah,
6: uh, the timeline.
7: Yeah, I mean that's the, that part you, we're seeing there when it's lifted and taken over into the high bay. You know, that's a half a shift. You know, four hours. But, but when it was laying on, on, on the horizontal position before we lifted it, it takes, it took a couple of days just to, to hook up all the rigging to it and prep it and, you know, making sure that everything's, you know, done right, and not damaged. You know, that was a little tight bringing it down in between the, uh, the, uh, solid rocket motors there. And that's the, that's you know, we had our whole shop on it that, you know, doing observing there on, on the platforms. I don't even know if you can see the people on the sides there, but, uh. Yeah, that's just how cool is that, man? Is that I was going to say, work? do you drive a, <laughs> it is do you drive a semi or, it is or do
2: you drive a semi as well? I mean, a lot of our truck uh, driving listeners are going to be jealous of pulling into a, a dock that close. <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks like that looks like a lot could go wrong. What is the margin of error here that you have to work with? So and,
7: it's, and, it, yeah, it's so close that they have to use these belly bands that they actually put around. You saw the two white solid rocket motors in there. Yeah. So those get stacked individually in, in, in those are segments, five total segments. So once we stack them, they actually uh, pull them apart, literally with a strap around it and a come along and, and pull them apart at the top in order to get them wide enough to get send that rocket down in there. That's mm-hmm. how close it was. And then when they bring it back, it's literally like brushing against each other.
1: Wow. That's amazing. And and, and and Tony, I don't know if you heard you. I agree. That was incredibly badass. It's very, very, very cool. It's <laughs> yeah. very cool. No in, in logistics that that we, when we talk about logistics, now this is obviously hyper logistics, but in logistics like LTL, moving freight, that type of stuff, an hour can uh-huh. mean a day, yeah. right? A, a, an hour yeah. delay caused by a mistake. Talk about the impact right. of a mistake. You, Tony, messed something up. Are we talking a day, two days, a month? I mean, because you guys yeah. gotta hit specific things. The planets might not be aligned for this, and for another six months, right?
7: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that in the depth, you know, with all the you know, planets aligning and all that. But but we don't screw up. I mean, that's why we train and we train. <laughs> there I you mean, go. that's the bottom line, man. We're NASA. We don't we don't mess up. I Gene,
1: Gene Krantz, failure is not an option, right? I love right?
7: it. I love it. Yeah, it, it, it really not. <laughs> no, it's such a positive focus, too, if you
2: think about it. It's such a great mentality. It doesn't yeah. matter the task you give us, we Will solve, and that can apply to any aspect in yeah. life. And I love that NASA yeah. just personifies it and lives it, and executes upon it, and inspires the dreams of everybody. But I got to look at this thing, and this is a gigantic core stage, right? It's holding yeah. seven hundred and thirty thousand gallons of super cold liquid hydrogen and liquid oxygen propellants for launch. So, how do you remain yeah. safe around this? And and like, you know, what goes wrong? This would leave a gigantic crater if something did, would not?
7: Yeah, to say the <laughs> least. Well, yeah. well, I mean, the
6: good news is, uh, you know, oh, when yeah, you know, when when we're processing the vehicle, it goes through different stages. So for right now, for example, the core stage is what we call inert. There is no cry- cryogenics on board, right? So, so uh, what happens when it goes to the pad now, right? And it gets, it gets serviced for launch. Then, of course, those commodities will be on board, and the risk uh, goes higher so uh that's so the liquid fuel. that's that's the liquid yeah fuel. the solids there though in the VA. true you know so and not to mention hypergolics yeah. we have a lot of high pressure systems <laughs> and yeah. some nasty chemicals out there yeah. in this rocket
7: and these guys are having a ball no, in my
1: head i was sitting next to you at a bar i don't even know you i'm having a beer and listening to your conversation yeah. going yeah. dude are you hearing these guys <laughs> what the hell yeah. these guys yeah. do yeah. <laughs> and and then, you
6: know what? There's no way they do that, that
7: right? right.
6: <laughs> and, and what's neat about that is that you know it's you have to sometimes pitch yourself because you're working yeah. around some extremely high pressure systems, right? Yeah. Some very high energy systems. That let's be honest, these are these are lethal systems. But yeah. because of the training and because of our safety measures and and the team, you know, yeah. Jacobs hires are really great people, and NASA's got some really smart folks out there that we r- were able to put in processes in place. That really ensure. So when we're out there working on these systems, it's in the back of our minds yeah. like, damn. I'm still not sure bad.
7: how I got this job. But, <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> 39
1: no, years no, later, no, it's like really no, it's, yeah. only a month left for them to you know figure out saying, that you're not qualified
6: cool. for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gotta ask you okay. something though. Let me ask you something.
2: I'm a dumbass, and everything I know about space comes from watching movies. So, you said <laughs> cryogenic propulsion is that like in aliens when they're freezing Ripley in the crew to send people off to Mars? <laughs> what
6: is the cryogenic? Well, <laughs> you, you mentioned that when you said the uh, the, the really, I think with the words you use really cold, the, the hydrogen and oxygen. Yeah. Yeah, those are what we call cryogenics so those are the hydrogen and oxygen, you know, sub zero temperature liquids yeah. and, um, and high energy colors. systems though. Yeah. So now these uh, guys I- again we're mm. we're aware that they're there and we know the risk, but we're trained not to out to have an incident, we don't mess up, right? right. So we you guys aren't
1: like—I mean, you're yeah. not going over the cryogenic thing and saying, "Hey, Tony, freeze me for a second. Let's play a joke on somebody." <laughs> <laughs> Let's <play> a joke, <laughs> yeah, like Antonio, yeah. hold my feet, yeah, <laughs> hold my beer, Tony. Look what I can do with this. <laughs> guys, I—I I, I
2: wanna. Guys, I know that you're very intimately familiar with this the space shuttle Endeavor, right? You you were back in shuttle yeah. recovery operations, all that kind of stuff. I want to show you a couple of really cool pictures here and read you a comment from from uh, Ravi Magashiam from uh, JPL. So let's show these pictures of, of the Endeavor for Thank these you. gentlemen right here. And he said, "The most beautiful spacecraft in the world. Oh, yeah. No wonder the shuttle was called a cathedral of technology. Not only could it carry seven astronauts, but close to fifty thousand pounds of payload. After twenty five space missions, equating." One 123 million miles, starting in 1992 and ending in 2001. Oh, it's a true workhorse of the era and manned space flights. Tell us a little bit about that uh, endeavor and your work on it. I catch,
7: catch your yeah. question. We, we, we were we were rambling. Sorry. What?
1: They were uh, rambling. They're rambling little, with each other.
7: Oh, tell us a little bit about <laughs> yeah. your work on the on the
2: endeavor and why it was such a, a cathedral of technology.
6: Uh, well, we could we got in a couple hours to talk about that, oh, yes. fears, I think I don't know. That's uh, I yeah. mean, that's that's our life right there. We spent, yeah. we spent 30 years uh, plus working on, on, on Endeavor in yeah. the sister ship. So, yeah. that that picture you, you showed right there, you know, we were there, right? Yeah. We were there offloading
7: yeah. that vehicle and cool stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's a, that's our whole lives. You're talking yeah. about it. Have yeah. y'all have y'all where are y'all out of? Are, are you in Florida or where are you at?
1: Chattanooga, Tennessee.
7: Oh okay. oh, okay. Have you been down to Florida, to the Space Center at all? Yeah,
1: yes. In fact, I used to live in Florida, and I actually, from afar, actually Miami, saw it take off okay. several times. You could see it from Miami okay. going into the sky, for sure, so, and and, and so at Naples came, as well.
7: Okay. If you came to Cape Town, they have a visitor center here. I would recommend, if you come back to Florida, to go over there to the visitor center, and it's just amazing to go in there. And I think it's uh, Atlantis is in there. Atlantis is the, in there. Is in there. And, and it's just an amazing sight. And and just, just, I would just say if, if you get an opportunity, definitely go there.
6: I, I mean, the shuttle was an incredible program. And that vehicle you just mentioned, and we just saw Endeavor there. Um, it touched our lives. It, it, it changed humanity oh, in so many ways. Yeah. It's an amazing vehicle, uh, but it was so neat that it was also a segue into what we're doing now with the Artemis program right. is that, the, the shuttles we know, was what we call low-earth orbit. So it only went up, you know, a few hundred miles into space. Right. Artemis is talking about going way out past the moon yeah. and taking humans back to the moon for good. Yeah. Right? We're going to go live on the moon. Yeah. And so as the cool as shuttle was, we're starting to think that our next generation is going to be living on the moon. Yeah. And that's just about a cool thing to know that we were part of the legacy. Right. That got the that Beginning one. of it, yeah, anyway. Well, uh, the Beginning <laughs> of it.
1: You know, guys, yeah. when when Dooner uh, called for that picture to come up, and you guys saw it, I could see it on your faces. You look like two proud parents, right, looking at oh, yeah. that was our baby. Oh, in a group yeah, and it that was awesome. yeah. You really did. Yeah. You That's really emotional. did. Yeah. It is. You could yeah. see it. You could see it. I, I'm interested, Tony. Yeah. Do you have a, a favorite moment, a favorite memory of, of those times working with the endeavor?
7: Wow, you know, and and then yeah, it's just even hard to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was with all of them. You know what I mean. A lot of times I didn't even know which specifically rocket that we had or, you know, shuttle that was in there. You know, I just knew we were hooking up to it and, and I was a part of it. You know what I mean? And, and a big, big part of it. You know, a part that that, you know, there's only a handful of people in the world that have, that have done the things that, that that I get to do. So, I mean, every time we lifted it, it was amazing. You know, and every time there's a launch, you know, we literally cleared the VAB outside. Everybody's outside you know, getting ready to watch it launch, you know, you literally stopped all the jobs and went out and watched it launch because you did it, you know what I mean? And then when it took off, you know, incredible, you know, you got to come for, for, for maybe for this launch that's coming up. But, you know, I would say if you could have ever came literally yeah. and been right here for shuttle, you know, your, your, your clothes are flapping and you're three miles away. Just a second. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> yeah. The, the impact. You know, I don't know if we, when you were young you – Threw an M eighty out there, you know what I mean, and you felt the impact. So that's what you feel when that thing's lighting off and and, and going to space. No, and the
6: yeah. We we this, we I mean, would love to was... do a we would love to
2: do a show from there. Now we're we're almost out of time, but Tony, I know this is your victory lap. I know this is your this is your swan song before the second sunset. So give us your favorite NASA story before we let you go. Reflect back. Jeez.
7: I, I, I would just say, yeah, just, I I don't know. I think it's more just watching the shuttle launches, you know, just that in general, watching the launches, seeing what you accomplished, you know, that's always been my biggest thrill is seeing it go up, you know, after, after you, you put it all together, you know, just amazing.
2: Wow. Guys, when is this, when's the launch going to happen? Is it in twenty 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 one twenty twenty two 2021, 2022?
6: Well, end of, end of yeah, the right now, NASA's targeting the end of this calendar year as yeah. the current target schedule date. But bottom line is, you know, whenever it's ready and it's safe, it'll launch. Yeah. So that date, I'm sure, is going to be out, yeah. out there for the whole world to see. So yeah. make sure you set your calendars when they get a firm yeah. date, and, and it's going to be something you want to see. Yeah that's for sure
1: if Tony wasn't retiring it would be a firm date I was going
2: to say these guys need to start you two need to start a podcast together you got great rapport it sounds like you've been working together too long yeah
6: oh, dear, dear. i yeah, said yeah, that i go we, we should got... start one of these i said see these two guys
7: up here we can do this
6: <laughs> I don't yeah, know what anybody you know, can you know, i'm good hey. looking but can we do a podcast where they can't see us yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, we
2: yeah well gentlemen gentlemen uh tell us how do people learn more about this mission and who want to follow the journey wow well, well, yeah you know, well,
6: yeah nasa NASA, nasa is you. just slap full NASA. of uh nasa.gov NASA. NASA. Is, yeah. is your first website and you go down and and find the Artemis program. And then, of course, there's just uh, pages and pages of fun facts. Plethora. A plethora, of a plethora of Wow! Oh, See, look that's at business, this. That's a plethora. <laughs> <laughs> plethora.
2: A cornucopia. One, we yeah. were talking to yeah. farming earlier, talking about yield. Hey, have you guys seen the astronaut farmer? Is that worth watching? farmer, <laughs> no.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I think we
2: should. Maybe we all we'll all do a watch along. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate
7: it. Hey. Hey, hey, thanks for having us. You guys take care. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take care, it.
2: and congrats on an amazing Peace. career, and, and and what a way to go out, landing that Artemis side uh, yeah. between the
1: uh... – hey, Yo, dude. <laughs> Wow. Don't you want to work at NASA? Of course, everybody I do. we meet—it's why do you think I keep
2: cool bringing them on? I'm place. hoping they just come and they're like, they, you know, I'm hoping they poach me. No, oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, maybe no, I'm just kidding. No, NASA's <laughs> awesome. Hey, you know what? Know what's gone mainstream? Because I can't leave you. I love covering the supply chain too much. And no, you know no, what no. I love? I love when the supply chain, chain goes mainstream. And now we got a TikToker who's gone viral posting this video here. Let's take a look at uh, let's take a look at Kyla's uh, Mick Supply Chain video real quick, and then we'll bring her up and talk to her about it. Yeah.
0: Welcome to Mixed Supply Chain. Can I take your order? Some of those semiconductors? We are simply out of the... Come on, TSMC. It's me. It's me. It's Timmy Apple. <laughs> All right. For you. For me. Next. We could also use some semiconductors. Um- take me 18 weeks to get back to you. We're on a discount, though. Can I speak to, any- like, anybody else, please? Thank- I'm the only one working. All right. Hey. TC, hey, um, please go talk to RISC. Thanks. In the back. Joe, <laughs> Yo, you doing okay? Don't worry about me. I'm fine. I have a job application. You want to work for a mixed supply chain? I don't. I don't want to, but I need to. So, and that's the supply and demand <laughs> special.
2: I love it, Kyla. It's, it's, it. it's Kyla Scanlon, and uh, you know we'd be doing her disservice to just call her a TikToker because if you catch one of her viral videos and you look into it, she's also an investment partner at OnDeck, and she's the author of the book The Little Penguin. Now tell me, <laughs> Kyla, right. what is the plot of The Little Penguin?
0: Oh my gosh! Hi. Can you can you all hear me? Yeah. yeah I'm so oh great. yeah. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Amazing. Yeah. No. Thanks for having me on. That's so funny. You you did your research. A
2: little. Well, what was the little penguin about? Yeah.
0: Oh my God, it was about this penguin that was swimming in the sea and he was friends with a seal and the seal was like kidnapped by a whale so he had to go go find the go find the um penguin or no the seal the penguin had to go find the seal from the whale so yeah. i've always been thinking about logistics like that's just who i am apparently
1: so. yeah she wrote that when she was like three years old I, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course. but she said she's written
2: like a book a week or a book a year forever yeah quite a yeah, few no
0: I, I write a lot yeah yeah I just some thoughts <laughs> in the brain gotta get them out somehow
2: <laughs> now our guys here we have a we have a stock slack channel here at, at freight waves and um, a lot of the guys actually in there they know you not from your supply chain thing but because they're they're finance nerds they know you from like fin twitter and from fin tiktok from some of your yeah. things because you have been like an options trader for five years right you've you've done your yeah, your work yeah. outside yeah uh what's yeah, good no, to yeah. what's good to trade right now is uh should i <laughs> what, what do i go with meme no. stonks or crypto yeah let's get for, some free advice I, here I yeah <laughs> no
0: totally that's that's what i'm here for is just free investment advice <laughs> 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 um no, yeah. No, I, I personally am a, not investment advice ever, but Roblox, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on. It. I'm excited for them. So that's oh. all I'll say. <laughs> yeah.
2: I've got a little bit of, of, of that. Well, what got you interested in the supply chain to do the mixed supply chain video? What gave you the idea?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just like every day it's like, oh, the supply chains are failing. Supply chains are backlogged. And I was like, wow, this is super concerning. And I did like a little bit of research on semis. uh, And I did like an explainer TikTok about what that meant on my like actual TikTok page. Um, And then I was like, it'd be super fun to do this in a skit because like somebody was like, oh, yeah, Apple is like taking all like the semiconductors. And I was like, Timmy Apple, what's he doing? (laughs) Um, So I was like, and then I just sort of like spiraled from that. Yeah.
1: That is awesome. So your TikTok, obviously, talk about that a little bit as a marketing tool. That I mean, how powerful is it?
0: Um, I think short form video is really powerful. Yeah. Like TikTok itself, the conversion is not great. So like it's good to have a TikTok platform. But I don't think like you're, you know, I think it's a little tough to just like build a brand on there sometimes. Yeah, totally. Like yeah, then you look at, yeah.
1: supplemental, yeah. right? Like,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like I have a Substack. It's It's sort of funny. Like a lot of people think I just do the, the small videos, but I do have a sub stack. Um, I do have a YouTube channel. I have like all this other resources. Like my main goal is financial education. Um, and TikTok is just like one mode of, of transmitting that information. Yeah.
2: One, one of the guys in our finance Slack, he, uh, Luke Jim Tan Laundry Falaska. He wanted to know when I told him, when we told him about this options <laughs> thing, he wanted to know what your biggest win and your biggest loss was. Would, is that something you care mm. to disclose?
0: Um, <laughs> um yeah my biggest loss was on a Brazilian ETF that I had no business even like being in um so that was pretty bad i got like like the thing with options trading is you can get pretty like uh confident if you have a couple of wins so i was like feeling really good about myself and like you know was bearish on this Brazilian ETF and, and totally like uh, was way too over positioned in it and got burnt pretty bad um and then like i did a pretty good job in las vegas sands um so like that was a fun play but yeah uh it's just like you just have to keep your your head on straight with options yeah
1: yeah what about uh, uh you know freight tech uh like electric vehicles that type of stuff how about nikola mm-hmm. are you bullish on nikola or
0: <laughs> um yeah no they that's the one that rolled the the truck down the yeah. yeah but they actually
1: they, they, but the tray actually is a working truck we had our own alan adler there it's, and it's an actual it's
0: truck named and it actually after moves. trevor
2: milton it's short for trevor the tray is for trevor milton the, mm-hmm. the their leader who left uh unceremoniously uh last year mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh nice uh, good and to have a legacy name like that i'm sure that <laughs> Sparks joy at the company. Well, what? Yeah, what like electric.
2: Well, maybe it's a better Sorry. question because it's a little bit broader. Why do you think so many EVs that came to the market last yeah. year and this year as SPACs versus like traditional IPO?
0: Oh yeah, I mean they don't have like they can't go IPO, right? Like the only way that they're going to get through to the market is through a SPAC because they don't have product. Um like there's this Elon effect right now like across the markets and so like all these EV companies have a premium attached to them because of Tesla. Um because Tesla's like this EV company so it's like oh they could be the next Tesla like and then SPACs will stack them and SPACs like you know, that's just really financial engineering at its finest. Um so that that's really all it is. It's like perfect storm. So
1: Okay, so TikTok, finance, trading, all that kind of stuff there. But did you know on Saturdays she's a mentor for Super Saturdays?
0: Wow, what is that?
1: I, well, I I think it's a little nefarious, maybe. She's tutoring children in genetics in yeah, western wow. Kentucky? Is that I mean, that sounds like a cover. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that was that was in college um, so yeah that was like something I did on the Saturday er, on Saturdays was just um, like it was like third graders and just we would talk about like biology and things like that um, and genetics was one of the courses <laughs> okay. yeah, so like Punnett squares <laughs> I wasn't like hey kids like you want to mix up some genes with me <laughs> 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 super
2: bots let's make them <laughs> master race. <Yes. laughs> no <laughs> you never but, know tell- so tell me a little bit about this then what, what book are you writing this year before we let you go what do you think is going to be the compelling story of 2021 that's going to inspire you oh. to put that pen to paper?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, so I do a ton of research on like meme stocks, um, but a lot of like media outlets are writing about it right now. So I think there's something there with regards to like the community aspect of it. So like post-pandemic, um, like what does it actually mean to like be a Redditor, to be in like these coins? Like what point um, is it community versus like actual financial gains? Um, so I think like that's going to be a thesis that I'm going to spend a lot of time on.
2: Yeah. Nice. You know, it is a big one, too. I asked, um, I had uh, Hyliance Thomas Healy, another, you know, EV uh, green stock, and he, I was asking about retail traders and meme stocks. And like, do you have a backup plan? Like, what if you're at one of these companies? your CEO, you come in, all of a sudden, your stock goes AMC or, or GameStop on you, and it has that, like, sort of fake value that could fall out at any time. What, what do you do? And he's like, you know, uh, it used to be go after institutional traders, but now you also have to address that retail market because it's huge. It's a collective that's huge, and, and so much of it is driven just by, like, emotion and it's and it meme stock is actually the perfect term for it because it's driven in almost that yeah. same way kyle i love your yeah. stuff i think our audience will as well where should i send them to to learn more about you
0: yeah no, know twitter is great so at kyla scan so scan s-c-a-n um and then tiktok at kai.now uh and then i have a substack kyla.substack.com so yeah check out all three
2: thank you so much have a great weekend
0: yeah bye thank you
2: take it easy
1: wow good stuff awesome
2: yeah super sharp too and it's funny because like there's this sort of stigma you hear tiktok and you think yeah. oh it's like a 16 year old or something in there but like there's like legit players that are, are are putting up tiktoks going viral being fun being silly, changing b2b media the way we communicate with one another we go to applaud it thank you nasa thank you jacobs thank you 101 mobility thank you to witty farmer thank you to kyla thank you to you for tuning in and being you Find me on Twitter, at Timothy Dunas, D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vince the Dude. Subscribe to What the Truck, wherever you listen to podcasts. Download the FreightWaves TV app. Get tickets to F3Live.FreightWaves.com. Tell them how to be this weekend.
1: Peace and love, everyone. Spread it everywhere.